Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Barbarians at the Gate, The Fall of RJR Nabisco. Reading this title, you may wonder what does a business war have to do with barbarians? Actually, barbarians here doesn't refer to cruel invaders like Attila the Hun. In fact, it refers to capitalists who conduct hostile takeovers without consent from the company's shareholders and managers. The most aggressive capital acquisition in history is the subject of this bookie. The aggressors utilized a brutal hostile takeover approach. The poor little thing that was acquired was RJR Nabisco. You might not be familiar with the company, However, you've probably heard of its flagship product Oreo. Known as the Biscuit Trust, Nabisco was a pioneer in the cookie industry and once dominated the United States cookie market. It was the first company that changed cookie packaging from buckets to standard paper boxes. Before Nabisco, cookies had been a distinctly local product. It was Nabisco that first promoted its products throughout the whole country through national marketing campaigns. However, all good things come to an end. By the 1970s, Nabisco had totally fallen. So, how did a declining cookie company become connected to the tobacco tycoon RJR and eventually merge with it? How did several bidding teams behave in the most aggressive capital acquisition war in history? Which team won the takeover war and how did it do so? Barbarians at the gate, the fall of RJR Nabisco recreates the whole story of the takeover. Two authors wrote the book. Brian Burrow is a best-selling author and longtime writer for the Wall Street Journal. Now he is a contributing correspondent for Vanity Fair. Burrow has written five books, including Barbarians at the Gate, and Public Enemies, America's Greatest Crime Wave, and The Birth of the FBI 1933-34. He won the Gerard Loeb Award for Excellence in Financial Journalism three times. John Helliar is a columnist for Bloomberg News. He is a former writer for the Wall Street Journal, Fortune, and ESPN. When writing the book, they conducted over 100 interviews with all the major figures involved and various minor ones in order to dig into the context of this infamous event. The authors have recreated the most famous Wall Street merger and acquisition war in history using accurate and authentic material, as well as vivid and exciting descriptions. The book comprehensively explores how the board acquired and controlled the company's ownership. It is a must-read book for every corporate manager and professional interested in Wall Street. Next, we will share with you the essence of this book in the following three parts. First, RJR Nabisco's development and expansion. Second, why did RJR Nabisco become the target of a leveraged buyout? Third, three barbarians contest. Before explaining how RJR Nabisco became the target of Wall Street barbarians, let's first take a brief look at its development and expansion. We all know that a company's development often suffers from bumps in the road. Nabisco was no exception. After the founder Adolphus Green passed away, the company began to decline. Although there was a slight improvement for a while, the company was still declining in the late 1970s after a half-century of growth. The new chairman Robert Scabrell became interested in a food company named Standard Brands to turn Nabisco around. 
Let's first talk about Standard Brands. Standard Brands was founded by J.P. Morgan in 1928 with the merger of several companies. For many years, the company had stuck to old patterns without any reform or innovation toward its business problems. In the 1970s, the faltering food company had a new chairman Ross Johnson. Johnson was fearless in breaking tradition. He overhauled the company, laid off redundant employees, promoted a large number of innovative young people, and reorganized the company twice a year. However, the results were not well received. The public criticized these strategies as ineffective. Their new products did not receive a satisfactory response, and their product life cycles became shorter and shorter. The company was called the most spectacular failure in the food industry by analysts. Just when Johnson could do nothing more to solve the problems, he met with Nabisco which wanted to acquire Standard Brands. After thorough negotiations, a new company Nabisco Brands was formed. Because Nabisco had the more well-established products such as Ritz and Oreo, Scabro from Nabisco naturally took over the role of new company's CEO and chairman. However, the honest Scabro was soon ousted by the wily Johnson. After the new company was established, Johnson superficially courted and followed Scabro. He addressed Scaberl as Mr. Chairman at meetings, while secretly pulling board members to his side. Soon, Johnson became the actual person in charge of the company. In addition, Johnson also asked the company to give Scaberl a substantial raise to appease Scaberl and slacken his vigilance, as well as a way to increase his own salary. If Scaberl could earn $1 million, there was no reason for Johnson to be paid less. Johnson's final step was to purge Scaberl's influence. Take the CFO Richard Owens as an example. When the company had just merged, Johnson satisfied Owens' every request. When Owens' ego was overinflated, Johnson reported secretly to Scaberl that Dick is building up a huge financial organization. Soon, Johnson successfully replaced Owens. Under the leadership of Johnson, Nabisco cut off its useless shower curtain and textile business. The company also outsmarted the retail tycoon Procter & Gamble in the bread market. Meanwhile, Johnson also continued to ingratiate the board members. Soon, he replaced Scaberl as the new CEO and the company entered a new phase. If Johnson's takeover was a rebirth of Nabisco, the merger with RJR was another major turning point. RJR is the abbreviation of RJ Reynolds Tobacco Company. It was founded by Reynolds, a business-minded Virginian. From an early age, he had learned to do business from his father who was a tobacco factory director. At 24, Reynolds rode a horse to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The town was the starting point of his tobacco empire. By the 1890s, his company was far ahead in the local industry. Its cigarette Prince Albert was an instant hit across the whole country. Reynolds forced his employees to buy the company's stocks to avoid being taken over by others in the industry. Many employees were reluctant, but Reynolds was determined. Through this method, the company successfully avoided being acquired. Reynolds Tobacco was considered a remarkable enterprise in the business world at the time. Its shares were all owned by the local residents, which brought them an abundant income stream. By 1913, a quarter of the 25,000 residents of the town worked for Reynolds. The company launched Camel and Winston which became the most fashionable cigarettes in the United States. 
By the 1960s, the growing opposition to smoking had a disastrous impact on Reynolds' core tobacco business. Furthermore, Reynolds also made the same mistake as Nabisco in diversifying and expanding. He acquired some companies in the food and other industries, but neglected tobacco manufacturing. His decisions negatively impacted the company's development. By the 1980s, a skilled industry veteran named Tylee Wilson became the CEO of RJR. He was a stubborn and aloof strategist. He spent heavily to upgrade aging plants and equipment and expanded the company's market share. He turned losses into gains. However, due to people's increasing concerns about health and rising tobacco taxes, Wilson realized that the decline of the tobacco business was inevitable. Therefore, he planned to make the company a manufacturing tycoon in the retail industry through a large merger and acquisition. After thorough research, Nabisco became his ideal target. The new company was named Reynolds Nabisco or RJR Nabisco. After a brief period of developing itself as a market leader, Reynolds Nabisco became the largest industrial company in the United States in the 20th century. Johnson then reused his previous tricks, taking advantage of the board to force Wilson to resign and then taking over. Under his leadership, RJR Nabisco entered a new development stage. However, soon after, Wall Street stock prices plunged, and RJR Nabisco was affected. Following this, the idea of a leveraged buyout came to Johnson's mind. Well that's all for the first part. From the merger between Standard Brands and Nabisco to Reynolds' acquisition of Nabisco, the ambitious Johnson gradually took over the new combined company. Later on, stagnant development and a gloomy stock market made Johnson think of a leveraged buyout. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.